Hello and welcome to the shareholder meeting. It is with great sadness, but a great sense of optimism that I must announce Michael has resigned from the Paper Tuesdays board. Yeah. And on that note, I'm delighted to announce Barry Adamson as <laughs> our new co-host. And today we're going to be interviewing defamed Paper Tuesdays host Michael Dwyer. <laughs> mm. Yes, indeed. Mark, Paper Tuesdays in a, is in a phase of renewal, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, we had, we did the podcast for a while, then we took a break, mm -hmm. needed to rear Nora, needed to build, build the house a little bit. Yeah. And now we're having our first interview of our new new birth. Yeah. And no, who better to facilitate that than one Barry Adamson. Barry, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, lads. Barry, you, wanted, you said to me that you had felt the call for to do a podcast. Yes, I did. So what... What goes on through your mind that like leads to an openness of like I want to share this with other people? Hmm. I suppose I wanted to. It's been a desire, kind of a dream of mine to have my own podcast. Oh right. For quite a while, yeah. So I think this was a step towards standing in front of a camera, speaking, and yeah. making that step happen. Um. And then also, yeah, I love these kind of conversations with people right. <laughs> and uh, being in spaces like this. Yeah. So I thought it would be uh, something interesting to explore. Yeah. And um, I put it out there. I was like, right, I want to be on a podcast. I want to I wanna, I wanna do this. And then the two of you come across me and I'm like, hey, yeah. the two lads. That's mad. Yeah. So we went to one of your breadboard classes. Yes. And when you just tell people what you do, what do you say? It's a funny one when people say, what do I do? Um, because I used to work with my dad as well. We were like half doing this, doing that. And um, now, yeah, I just, I'm a breadboard facilitator. Um, yeah, that's what I am. And that's what I say to people now. Um, I kind of, I used to shy away from it a bit. It used to make mm. me feel a bit like, hmm, you know, people would be thinking like, because you get a lot, what's that? Or like, why, why, why do you do that? Or what goes on with that? And, you know, I, I like explaining it then to people, of course, but um, I kind of used to be a bit, I don't know, there was a bit of a resistance in saying, this is what I do. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that. And I'm also training with... Uh, Paul Czech Institute doing holistic lifestyle coaching. Um, so they're the two things I'm flowing with now at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Mark, have you heard of yeah. Paul Czech? No, the no. holistic lifestyle is what does that involve? So it's for me, it's the pillar kind of a pillars of like living by are like my nine health pillars, my seven health pillars are Whatever that may be for different people, different individuals will have different things in which they want to do. But it could be like your nutrition. So similar to what yourself might do. Uh, your nutrition, your movement, your hydration, your mind. So your emotional well-being, your relationships, your breathing was a big one for me. So I kind of made my own pillars throughout this through my own learnings and um, kind of began living by them and yeah it's 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 been a it's been a journey along with that alone but what Paul Czech does he's the Czech holistic exercise kinesiology so it's completely like whole way of living like holistic wholesome and um, so he would teach you all about nutrition all about movement, all about kind of how to look after yourself and your your mind, body and your spirit all as one, not just the mind, not just the body, like all together as one. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've done the level one with him and uh, he's quite an interesting guy um, and he has quite interesting work. I definitely recommend to uh, check him out. Yeah. I mean, he's like, what age is he now? I think he's, I think he's nearly pushing 60. And you see this chap was like, 
beast, animal, like, I, yeah, the physique of, like, a really strong, fit, healthy, 30-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the proof himself of what he can be. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Mac, when you've gone to the work classes, what mm-hmm. have you felt? Um, hmm, what have I felt? I suppose physically the intensity of it and I've said it before on the podcast after I went to the first session is Irish people in particular seem to have uh, resistance to this kind of holistic stuff as you've mm-hmm. said um, and I just kind of said to people if you don't believe it or you think it's shite then try it and see how you feel because you're going to win either way either you're going to be right and it's a lot of shite or you're going to get something from it mm-hmm. and that's just a way of enticing people to go I think that there's massive um, benefits to breathwork um, I've noticed it definitely in my own life and in terms of Barry's classes um, just the space he's able to create for it to be uh, a break from normal reality where things are so fast paced and so I don't know transactional it mm-hmm. doesn't really feel like transactional it just seems like Barry's guiding you from one way of being into another and then back again safely and you know that it's being done in the correct way and the people there are there to do the same thing so there's no judgment there's no there's no conflict there definitely is conflict but i just think it's a really nice way to spend your time and especially on a friday evening after the week mm-hmm. settle into the weekend it just kind of resets you and that's that's the way i can i could describe it best is it resets you that's a really good description of it like you've been two three times now Three times now, yeah. yeah. I've been novice. I've done my one shot. <laughs> but um, what are those classes? Is that the first? You haven't been doing classes that long. <sighs> no. So first of all, thank you, Mark. I appreciate thank that. you. Um, no, I haven't. So I began in November. My first health space on the beach, um, for the full moon gathering, and we done the breath. But we've done a kind of a different style of breath and we've done some movement and that is really about getting people together getting people like-minded people any-minded people to come down and to experience something different mm. and also to breathe of course and to move um, and so i first held a class indoors inside in january mm. which i feel was very different to the classes the sessions that i'm doing now um, yeah different kind of ball game altogether and um, but for now for for me what why i why i am doing this and why i'm holding these spaces and creating these spaces is for people to come in to lose all sense of who they are what they are what they're meant to do the thoughts of being a parent being a brother being a friend being a mommy whatever it is that's attached to their idea identities just drop that at the door, come in and be whoever you want to be. Express whatever you want to express, say whatever you want to say, you know, and through the breath in my own personal experience, this helped me develop a deeper connection with the self, with myself, to go through and understand why I am the way I am, who I am, and to help myself, you know, grow in the direction that I want to go, be who I want to be. Um, and I believe that when I create these spaces, it allows people to do the same. And it allows people to tap into something different. Something that, I mean, this kind of work and these kind of practices as such have been around for ancient times, thousands upon thousands of years. It's only in this world and the society we live in over the past, I don't know, maybe a few hundred years, where there's this lost sense of connection, human connection, where two humans can come together and have this bondship and have no, no, no judgment, no, no worries, no, and just be there and you kind of lose sense of time there, <laughs> which is also a, a, a beautiful aspect of it. But um, yeah, what, what I'm saying is these spaces for me is filling up my own cup so I can continue to fill up other people's cups and to let people um, to let people express, be, release, 
transform into whatever that is for them to ignite their own like fire or whatever it is that they want within them inside of them and then also there's the aspect of you know getting over things that have happened to us in our life and facing them because we've all had to some degree like a an experience some some degree of hell in our lives some degree of frustration mm. of trauma of tension build up and I believe these sessions can tap into that and allow people to face that because there's no there's no way around it you can't like schedule around it or anything it's going through it it's facing it is from my personal experience the way the way to deal with it tell us about that personal experience when was your first time you had you did breath work mm. I think I began experiencing it through YouTube first. Um, I was very much into Joe Dispenza and his style of meditation, which kind of led me onto the path of the Wim Hof breathing. And so I began doing the Wim Hof breathing. But the first time I'd done it in person, um, I went to a retreat in January so about a year and a half ago now, last January. Wow. And there we done breathwork. We done a couple of different things. Breathwork was very much a dominant part of what we were doing at that retreat. And I remember doing my first uh, session and after just feeling like, what the fuck? Like what happened there? Um, I had a massive emotional release. And from that moment on, I was kind of just like, an emotional release. This is something I need to explore further. You know, I didn't believe that my breath alone could bring me to that place, could allow me to be there, could allow an emotional release to come up. Um, now, I did obviously believe so going to the retreat or else I wouldn't have been there, but it's kind of hard to believe something unless you experience it to a full extent. And um, so, like, just putting want to put more flesh on this so like yeah. an emotional release do you, like would you describe it similar to a kundalini awakening or is that something different um no, no i would say that is something different um so an emotional release um so what happens is in my experience my opinion and from what i've learned is we have experiences in our life where we go into this fight or flight mode, or we go into this freeze mode. Um, that could be an experience of a threat coming onto your life. And in that moment, you, you freeze and your breath stops. Generally, in most cases, your breath will, or your breath will, and we get a fright. And this causes this thing of fight or flight or freeze mode. And what happens in that experience is that goes past your conscious mind and into your unconscious mind and gets stored in your body as energy. And when we're breathing and we have this intention of releasing, these emotions that were once experiences, just energy from an experience, getting then trapped into your body. The body keeps the score. Yeah. Um, then coming up, coming up with your breath. Do you reckon that's the cyclical aspect of it, the no pause? Does that come into that or is that something separate? Um, to an extent, yeah, yeah. You're 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 pushing yourself with this the no pause and the inhalation and the yeah. exhalations. That what you're referring to, yeah. Um I believe there's there's obviously there's other ways of getting these emotional releases through different various different modalities and different types of breathing and this is the way in which I experienced and the way in which I learned it. Um, so it's the way in which I'm sharing it. Um, but there's definitely different ways of, of, of doing that as well. What, what different ways do you think or what? Of bringing about these experiences within your body to explore emotional releases. Yeah. Um, so there's many different forms of breathwork. There's, there's talk therapy there's there's many different forms of therapy what i'm getting at is i from my experience of your yeah uh classes i i'm 
I think that your work has the potential of being more impactful than talk therapy. Yes, so this comes back to an experience that happens that gets stored in our body. Mm. So, and this isn't to like, this talk therapy in any way, shape or form, mm -hmm. I bring an element of sharing and talking into the space. Yeah. Um, and that has a power behind it. Of course it does. That old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. It's very much true to a degree whereby I feel that some experiences that happen to us, you can't put words on them. You yeah. don't know how to explain them. And so when this happens, you don't need to put words in them. You don't need to explain them. It yeah. just comes up. And this is why when I say when something is coming up or someone's come to the surface, you don't need to know the story or the why or the image behind it. Mm. You just need to feel yeah. and bring it back to that feeling of what way you felt when that experience did happen to you. And so this is where the body, the body comes into play and the mind body connection. So there's only so much we can kind of share in an aspect of words and speaking mm -hmm. as such. Mm. I just like to apologise. I scared Michael as he was getting out of his car, so that probably put me into prayer <laughs> this morning. Um, just what you were saying on feeling, Barry. Like a, it's definitely um, a case of feeling, especially in that breathwork, and yeah. it kind of like almost feels like it. It whitewashes. Your nervous system and there has been times where at the end when you slow it back down that i've kind of felt like oh fuck, what's happening and like <laughs> there's, there's no conscious thought of what it is but it's almost like an instant like punch of fear and then it's like no just go back to the reference point and then it's fine the it passes mm -hmm. and it almost feels like it's being power hosed a little bit whatever it is without me being consciously aware of it now some things i have been but other things i haven't like there was no thought there when it happened it just felt like something was stuck and it got pushed onto mm -hmm. the surface and then went mm -hmm. wow. and that was just feeling like that wasn't thought so i think we definitely do think there's a quote from someone says like we think too much and feel too little mm -hmm. and being able to just feel is really fucking useful mm -hmm. i think like i mean in general in life this is how we navigate and this is how we have navigated feeling you know, like talking and language and speaking and words, they are powerful and they do carry a massive power to it and very meaningful. But when you're going back to the to the element of feeling, like it's we're kind of just feeling around energy, you know, and that's you don't need to think of why that is there or why why am I feeling this or they're just thoughts coming in. It's just it's happening and just let it happen. And if you're feeling that it's happening for your benefit. Mm. And if that's your intuition speaking to you and your good feeling speaking to you. So it's just letting that be, letting mm. that happen, let that flow come and let it go. Um, yeah. yeah. I think there's great depth to the phrase healing as a feeling, you know, like yeah. there's... Feel to heal. Feel to heal. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the name of the book in which the guy who created the institute where I done my training. Right. That's the name of his book, Feel wow. to Heal. Okay. Yeah. We drop into the body, we feel, yeah. we find what we're feeling and we just allow ourselves to feel it everywhere. Mm. And yeah, there's no thoughts needed to be attached to it. I have to come in, acknowledge them and let them go. Mm. But, yeah, feel the heal, I like that one. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the music choices I love. Yeah. Are they a part of your training or is that your personal collection um it would be a personal collection of a mix and mash of what i've liked through different experiences of doing similar type of work and also yeah true tr being in different spaces and i've heard the song and be like oh my god like mm. i felt that one yeah, i mean like, what's that song and yeah but just taking bits and bobs from different places and kind of making it then mm. my own uh playlist but yeah the, the music carries a, a power to it as well definitely Certainly. yeah um where, where was that retreat that you did that where you had that first emotional release it was in um Mead, Mead or Westmead, Mead, and it's called uh, Anam Tua 
with a guy called uh, Patrick Douglas and Lorraine Hogan. Um, and they're doing amazing work all over Ireland. And yeah, it was a, it was a powerful retreat. It was kind of mm, it was my first to kind of deep dive into a, the unknown of an experience of I didn't know what was going to go on really. Yeah. Like I mean, I had some. This is what's going to happen. Da, da, da. But I was going there two nights with a group of strangers, and yeah, it was a magical weekend. What made you want to go there? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, seeking more. Um, an inner knowing, an inner feeling that there is more for me to explore in my body, in this world, in this life. And not wanting to be the same as everybody, which was something that I always kind of felt uh, throughout my whole life, maybe, <laughs> uh, in school, uh, everywhere, yeah. Um, Do you think you've always been attuned to energy? I think we're all attuned to energy. Mm. We are energetic beings. Um, like, I mean, when I say this, some people are like, <gasps> But it's like, okay, energy. If me and you had an argument in this room right now mm -hmm. and uh, Mark walked in, mm -hmm. he could feel. Absolutely. Or if me and you had the most loving conversation, mm. he could feel that too. Mm. I mean, what is that? Mm. If I ask you, Mark, do you love your daughter? How much do you love her? There's no scale that can mm. uh, measure it. Mm. This is energy. Um, do you think as a society that like we're only on the edge of tapping into this I believe from where we were it was kind of innately within us for, for, for thousands of years now who am I to know that when I wasn't around back then but right now, again, it's just for me feeling and then knowing within me. It's like yeah. this feeling of knowing. But going directly to your question, um, I think it's going on much longer than we think. Um, but yeah, it's really coming to the surface now over the last couple of years and it's really being brought to the awareness of the broader population and the masses of people yeah what do you mean by that just a, what do you mean by that just a, the, that there's a longer history to this or what, what do you as it with, with energy work like uh, well yeah just conscious that like if you had told me 10 years ago that it was going to be a man on a full moon on Ballymoney Beach with a crowd of people I would say um, yeah you nuts. should go there somewhere else now you know yeah 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 but like we're we're on a I th we're at a space in time where like how healthcare and our approaches to things mm -hmm. is becoming a lot more holistic and it might just be in terms of uh, peer based um, it escapes me but there's a new there's a word on it maybe you know it of where um, instead of going to your doctor for mental health like there, there's another just like instead of only drug based approaches mm -hmm. there is now an openness that sometimes about pathfinding of okay if that person would like to get involved in sport so we get them involved with a boxer and who is supervising mentoring them as such and so that one-to-one -one connection is fostered and so it it is a form of healing that can also be another option to like a, a psychiatric or drug-based approach mm. like do you see that path opening up i think you do Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, and it's part of what I am trying to do and what I'm trying to portray is this path and opening it and expanding it a little bit more for people to see Yeah, that it's, in my opinion, far more real, natural um, and healthier than this kind of old basis of what you say with like going to the doctor and being handed drugs. I mean, like for people who are 
depressed, let's say, and they go to the doctor and they tell the doctor they're depressed, what does the doctor do? Mm. He gives you a pill, gives you an antidepressant, and you take the back of the antidepressant, and the number one side effect, along with a big long list of them, is probably uh, suicidal thoughts. It's mm. like, okay, why is that happening? Um, you might spend two minutes standing there with the doctor. And unfortunately, I believe this isn't the doctor's fault. It's um, how they're being taught, what they're being told to do. Yeah, I, I, and another time, you mentioned time, time is massive. Like, you know, we get 90 minutes with Barry Adamson to facilitate the bed work. You probably, in the doctor's point, you might only get a few minutes. And when the doctor suggests yoga or something like that, it's easy to just say, Sure, that doctor doesn't know what he's talking about. He just suggests yoga. You know, so there's that mm-hmm. there's that gap that can only come through entering into the presence of someone's company. Yeah. Um and I think I think there's just that that value is priceless mm-hmm. in today's society. And we um yeah. Mm. Right, does this does all this resonate with you or do you think um do you think some of it needs to be made more realistic for people? No, no, it fully resonates with me. Obviously, I've been I've spoke before about my own mental health problems and how I was given the tablets and they didn't work and they're like, okay, well, we'll up the dose and they might have worked then. And I was like, oh, well, we'll just give you another one on top of that and then we'll give you another one on top of that. And I was like, well, that's having that side effect, so we'll give you this. And they ended up on 10 tablets per day. And it was only when I took kind of a more holistic approach to it, I just kind of said, look, either I'm going to end up dead because of the amount of tablets I'm taking or I'm going to end up dead for a worse reason so I'm just going to say right fuck it I'm going to try to do this myself and it was almost like a last ditch attempt for me to fix it and I was like either this works or not works and what I did was just try to do the kind of holistic approach and that did work for me mm-hmm. and it's almost you almost feel scared to say it because someone's going to come in and say you don't understand that I have a chemical imbalance in my brain or like you can somewhat manage those chemicals in your brain like the power is in your hands and if you give the power back to the people to look after themselves i think that's where the answer lies instead of the pills or the easy fix or even the excuse of i have a chemical imbalance in my brain but i can't tell someone to overcome that excuse Mm. and maybe there are cases where it is a case where there is just no fixing that Mm. but i don't think that's the majority so then pills (sighs) They're, they're just treating a symptom and it's yeah. just like a quick fix like you said um, and it's not getting to the root cause of anything and no. so when somebody comes in and they're having these problems it's like hold on a second this person needs attention needs human connection like what are you eating what is your diet mm. yeah like what are you thinking what are you doing are you moving are you exercising how's your exposure to sun are you out in nature do you have people to talk to is there people there to care for you like, why isn't it all these questions that are being asked? Like, how are you breathing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, there's a whole massive aspect to it rather than just going, you know, like, okay, this person has a chemical imbalance in their brain, bang, there's tablets for them with a whole lot of side effects. Yeah. This is never going to work in the long term for anybody. And then, like you said, this pill doesn't work, so let's do this pill. It's a cycle of, how many pills do you have? Loads of pills. Just to expand it out for mental health, because I believe it's more universal than that, like, as in everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something uh, I wanted to explore, but now I'm, I'm... Barry, you have this power about you that uh, you you speak really... You, you focus on each syllable, and every, every sentence with you is very... Um, you, you are very sure and... Uh, how would you say there's a rhythm in the speech and how you deliver and con- and how you focus on your expression and it's very interesting because for me anyway i it's almost like it's infectious you enter into that and in, in turn when i'm trying to dive back into a question that i may have thought of three minutes ago it goes yeah what, so so when i'm listening to somebody this is something i learned along the way if somebody's speaking to me and then they're they're talking, they're talking, and next minute I like want to respond to what they're saying, or I have a question as to what they're saying. Well, if I start thinking about this or I stay with this question, I'm no longer speaking to them. So this is going kind of touching on the act of trying to stay completely present 
in the moment and fully listening, actively listening to everything that they're saying. This is what I try to do. And, you know, if the question is there at the end, well, then it's there and whatever's there at the end. But I try to stay fully present with somebody and really listen in and actually hearing them, what they're saying and kind of feeling them at the same time. Um, but I suppose when you're when you're saying that uh, when when I'm delivering or when I, when I'm speaking something and I feel so sure of it, um, it's just going back to that feeling of what I'm saying. If it, if it's if it feels right with me, I'm not quite sure of uh, maybe why why that is. I'm sorry, I'm probably delivering it quite serious. I'm quite serious for this podcast, but like it's a, it's a, if anything, it's a compliment to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. Why? What I was, <laughs> what I was thinking was, I think that everyone can benefit from bright work because I think otherwise, I think there are, I think we're prone to for shackles to remain on us, and it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. mental health. It doesn't like, I think that. I I've said it before on the podcast, but I I, I firmly believe that we are still in a stage where that people put limits on their potential that yeah. that like are, are just because they think this is the right way to go or that the the they'll get there and i think that in entering into one's own source one's own um one's own store of energy and one's own um one's own sense of self as mm-hmm. you said at the start then those shackles disappear mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe we have limitless. We are limitless mm. in what we can do and how we can change and how energy within us can shift in mm. a second and how our perspectives can shift in a second. Mm. And it's up to us to choose what we want to do. Um, and in every moment, it's like, what decision are you making right now? That's that's the only thing that's going to affect your future. Um. But as you go back to this, like kind of shackles of stuff that are on us, and if if we don't explore this kind of, suppose helping ourselves or trying to move away and open ourselves up, we are just narrow, and we're only going one way. And there's, and unfortunately, it's not our problems. And I was there myself. Like we don't really see, we don't step back and take a look at things, and take a look at society, and take a look at the world, and take a look at our own lives. We don't ask ourselves questions. When I began to ask myself deep questions that I try to avoid, that's that's when things started to change me. Why do I do this? Is is this actually what I want to do? Is this making me happy? Like, where am I getting with this? Where do I actually want to be? Feel into that. Like, that this is this is when kind of things started to shift for me. Um, but like like that same with with them shackles with stuff that are on us, and like with the likes of depression. It's it's bur- it's it's stuff that's gone on in our life beforehand that we're not questioning, like as to why why we are the way we are right now, and the more we know why we are the way we are, the more we understand ourselves, and the more we make that deeper connection to self. So it's like for somebody with depression, I would say to them, what do you what what are you guilty about? What do you, what do you feel shameful about? Because in my own experience and working with people, there's always an element of guilt and shame in behind that. That's a burden on us. That's staying with us. That's stuck with us. That's heavy in us. And it's like, yeah, explore those those parts of us as well and accept them. You know, like our shadow and our light, our good and our dark, our positive and our negative. It's our whole self coming together. And so if we don't kind of look into that or question that, we... We're going to stay in this 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 way and we're not going to allow ourselves to be open and then we're going to be limited and we're not we're limitless we're all way far more powerful than we think and i firmly believe that it's very interesting so you kind of stay stuck because you're at war with yourself you're at you're war not with one. yourself yeah yeah makes a lot of sense i was once at war with myself mm. Mm. what uh, did you do to overcome that war I began asking myself questions <laughs> at, one, uh, at what stage did you accept yourself 
I'm always I'm continually accepting myself. I'm continually forgiving myself for the past or what I done or what I said was wrong. That's another thing that holds burdens on our life. Mm. That holds this like heaviness or this mm. energy within us that's just not serving us. Mm. And so when we begin to forgive ourselves and forgive those around us. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I forgive you. Mm. I forgive you for doing that. It's okay that you done that. That was part of you. It's part of your life, part of your journey, part of your path. Makes you who you are right now here today. Mm. Um so yeah, when I began to forgive myself for some acts behaviours or stuff I may have done, said or engaged in this massively took a big shift in my life, changed a lot as well. Do you plan on practicing breath work going forward, Michael? Will you come practicing what? Breath work yourself. Yeah. Do you pra- plan on practicing breath work? Oh yeah. Are you still doing it? Yeah. Oh, um maybe not as regularly. Yeah. So how was it for you? How well, like he. I had a really beautiful experience yeah. with breath work. Mm. Um, oh yeah, sorry, to answer the question, yes, I of course want to continue breath work, but it's just if we're, if we're, there's so many aspects to it, and like when I I was first to share because I knew what I wanted to share at the end that like I just had this profound overwhelming sense of joy and love. And I was like, no matter what has gone on in my life, love is around me. Even the people that I once detested or like couldn't stand, like there's still an, an expression of love, expression of divine will. And like, it's up to me to understand that and to recognize that. And um, I have, I'm, I'm religious and I have this devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and this pumping image the heart and the, the, that's for me anyway that's a symbol of love the deepest love the most profound love to give up a life to, that would save the whole world and to see that feed alongside that feeling of love it's just something that'll stay with me forever to be honest and it's something that i can always return to mm-hmm. so it's beautiful yeah, it is but beautiful. then and then i know we were speaking afterwards and i was like well like Right work I know is going to be it's going to bring up all the shades of life it's going to bring up like I was blessed with a very beautiful experience at that point mm-hmm. but um, there, there will be times when, when you know the, the challenging emotions will come up to the surface as well but it was great to leave that room knowing that I had met something that was uh, beyond the day to day yeah it's beautiful <laughs> I mean you say these challenges will come up um, if and when they do, like, I mean, when this does happen and this release is made, this just allows more space mm. for you to fill that gap with whatever you want. Mm. With love, allow more space for just fluidity within your life. Yeah. For growth, for whatever it is you want to fill that space up with. Mm. In my opinion, that's that's what this allows for. So although you had a beautiful experience, which is amazing, <laughs> um, and these happen quite often, as well, yeah, because you were being somewhat reassured in that yeah. of like everything's fucking okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. oh, love, joy, mm. bring it into me. Yeah, let me feel it. Mm. Sometimes we can't accept that. We, especially us as men, we're not able to accept like, yeah, love. We're not able to receive love or joy. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. rigid to this idea of receiving that. There was also one thing that I've forgotten, but like there was this flooding of purple um flooding of the color of purple in like slowly gradually of the mind space when i when i mind space when i have my eyes closed just this flooding of the color of purple mm. and i think it was first like i've heard many times of people like still practice meditation like i'm yeah. for an hour in the night and um i often hear like people have trippy experiences of color and that sort of thing at that stage it was the first time i ever uh experience that something like that as well um you've obviously many anecdotes of trippy experiences now at this point surely i have a number of them yeah um yeah uh, i would say 
some of us can be very visual um, with certain things, which I would say I'm not so much. Um, I would say I'm more like I feel. I feel, but also we all have this these different aspects of us. But I think some people tap into different ways more. Um, but I mean, I, I've, I've for sure experienced um, this kind of light coming in or these different colours as such are completely visual uh, journeys um, of myself, of people I know, of things that are happening to me, things that have happened in my life. Um, I mean, yeah, 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 I have, yeah. If someone is listening to this, Barry, and they still are a bit unsure of breath work and stuff like that, is there anything you could say? I know someone actually said this last night. How do I convince someone else to take the step to to do to try breath work or to get mm. involved in it? What would you say to someone who is considering it? Just do it. Mm. Like if if it's something that resonates with you, and if it's something that you want to do, and you feel hmm you're slightly drawn to this if you don't don't you know yeah it's not for everyone not everything is for everyone but i mean it's our breath and to explore it and to see what it can do it's within us all i mean it's the first thing we do when we're alive it's the last thing we're gonna do when we die um but i mean just do it just go experience it like that like what you said um where people are a bit like oh no i don't know but like, how can you say that when you've never experienced it? Yes. And that's been a big part of my life as well. Just going, doing new experiences, trying new things, seeing what resonates, seeing what feels right with me. Because my biology, my DNA may not be the same. It isn't the same as anybody else's. So yeah, just, just to do it. And yeah. Yeah. What do you do on a daily basis? <laughs> Depends what day it is, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I mean, I, I, I try to get down. I, I live three minutes walk from the beach. So that's like a little uh, zone for me to just be alone, be by myself. I go down to the beach nearly every day. Um, whether that's getting in the sea or it's just being down there for a few minutes. Um, I move my body every day, somewhat way, shape or form. And I know walking down to the beach is moving it, but I mean, at a bit more of an intense level. I try to. I don't every day. <laughs> um, I also try to breathe every day. No, I don't breathe every day. I don't feel like I need to breathe every day. No, every, not everybody needs to breathe every day. Do breath work. It's more so when you feel like you need to. It's like a tool as to, okay, today I'm feeling like I need to just stop, pause, meditate, breath. Whatever that is for you. Um. But on a daily basis now in my life, I'm I'm quite intensively doing this course that I'm doing. Um, I love to research and to get to the truth of things. I'm a truth seeker, I would say. Um, so yeah, I spend a lot of time in nature, in the forest, close by to me as well. It's another zone which I can just allow myself to be in. And that's just me in there alone. Um, yeah, I love meeting up with people, friends as well. I feel that's I nearly try to incorporate that into my life nearly every day, if not definitely every second day, to meet up with somebody, to catch up, to have this like bonding, this human connection where we can share or we can talk or we can do whatever we want to do. But I believe that's so important and lacking in today's society and And when we don't, like, uh, when we hide away from this kind of, like, human connection at a deeper level, not just the small talk of how's it going, how are you, how's the weather, like, how are you feeling, how are you doing, you know, and helping another person, and then they can help you, and we can all be a teacher to people, and we can all be a student, like, mm -hmm. just as much as you might be walking into the space in the breathwork, and I might be teaching you this, that, and the other, and holding the space. Jesus, I might get as much from you as you did out of me that night. Something you say might 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 light something within me, might trigger something within me, might help me. 
So by me creating this space, just as much for me, I'm getting so much out of it as well. And I, I firmly believe that as well, that like everybody has something to teach you and you have something to teach everybody. And when you say you do work uh, most days, um, on a regular basis, what is it? One method, or do you jazz it up? I jazz it up, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I do. I definitely jazz it up. I mean, I, I, even if that's for me, even if there's something and I'm feeling a little bit oof, overwhelmed for a second, and I just take ten big deep breaths, I can guarantee you that I'm gonna feel better. Yeah, like hundred percent. My nervous system is going to regulate. Mm. My 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 body, my systems are gonna calm down. My breath is gonna become slower. It's going to become deeper. Mm. Everything is going to become more in sync within my body. And therefore, I'm going to feel better. But yeah, I, I jazz it up. I do different uh, types. I can I can do the Wim Hof. I can do the deeper kind of. <sighs> well, there's so many different forms and types of breath work. And it's just a fun to uh, explore them and explore the different types. Um, so yeah, I definitely mix it up. Something like that. No, uh, just on the the human connection and the conversations in person. Yeah. Do you manage your social media or do you just kind of stay out away from it as much as possible? Uh, my social media pages, I yeah, I'm in control of all them fully. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm, like you do you have time blocks for when you can use it or do you use it as little as possible? Or? I use it as little as possible, and when I go to the beach or when I go into the woods, the phone doesn't come with me. Mm. Um, I don't go on my phone first thing in the morning. Definitely not. I actually get up and dart outside as first thing I do in the morning. Whether that's for two seconds and I'm looking up at the clouds or the sun or whatever it is. That's my aim for every morning is to get outside as fast as I can. Get fresh air on my face. That's quite good. I like that. Um, but again, having a phone at night time as well, like it's just, you notice yourself. A complete change and a difference. In my way you sleep, in my way you be. Um, so I don't necessarily take out, have specific time blocks because mm. I don't know what's going on for that particular week and that particular day. And um, my schedule is a bit like not over the shop at times, but um, as little as possible, you know. And then the big thing for me, which helps massively, is uh, you know, going for like 24 hours or 48 hours. Or when I was away in Portugal, I went seven days without being on my phone. No phone. Completely like, it's see what comes up for you then. See what happens then. Like, if you say that, I always said to you, or if you said to somebody walking on the street, like, uh, turn off your phone for 48 hours. Like, Ugh. like what? I just think about it. You have a girlfriend and if I turn off my phone for seven days, <laughs> I would no longer have one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm turning off my phone for seven days. Breathe if you're listening. <laughs> I love you, but the phone's gone wrong. The phone is gone. It's going off now. <laughs> no, it's great. I do. I definitely think there's a direct correlation between how much you use your phone and how deep and meaningful your relationships are with people. Mm. I think it's just, it's like a plastic, it's like, it's like watching porn, like it's a cover up for the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. We're nearly self-sabotaging. And it's another thing us men do. We self-sabotage. And I believe it's for this false sense of control. Like with the likes of porn with our phone. We, yeah. Oh, we go out and, you know, we smoke a few joints or we, we, we uh, eat a lot of shy food. It's like we're self-sabotaging and we know the outcome. We know exactly what's going to happen when we get the phone out and we look up the browser and we look up the porn. We know exactly what the way this is going to happen and we're in full control of it. And it's this false sense of, like, power within us or control within us. It's like... That's not power. That's I was only thinking about it earlier today. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like, it, uh, I, Aubrey Marcus used the phrase before, pseudo-love or pseudo-eros, as like these these forces like, like that we think are love or we think are fine, but like really we could dial it up a bit. And I think we're always at that continuum of like, you know, because we are always changing, you know, it's always like you cannot do the same thing or behave the same way every day on like our... Um, how would you say you know it, it requires that dialing up that that continuous investment in oneself uh yeah. in in these positive emotions of love joy connect connection for food mm -hmm. um yeah wow 
that that brought this conversation has brought places that I never expected. It was beautiful, Barry. Thank you very much. Um, there was one more aspect though that I wanted to ask, but I think I'm going to have to let it go into the ether. Okay. Oh yeah, I know. Might come back. It came back. <laughs> <laughs> Your girlfriend must be a very, very powerful woman. She is a powerful woman. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Very because it takes a uh, very. I'm. <laughs> I think that it takes for, for three men like us. It takes a fine container of um. A uh, container probably is. Containers a bad word. No, like, but, but like. A fine woman. A fine yeah. woman. Yeah, but like, a when I mean female. container, I mean like, you have all this energy, all this, all this, like, intensity. Yeah. And how, how is another human being, a partner, a lover, to, to respond to that, but to, mm. to meet it? That, that takes, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for all her. <laughs> but you like, have to find one way to make something sexual. But yeah, it's a yeah, fair play to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose we completely separate our lives in in somewhat in an aspect. I have my life. I do my things. All right. Yeah. I have my friends. I, I you know, yeah. it's me. It's my yeah. life. It's and then she has her life. She does her things, and you know, we that don't works. need to like. Yeah. And we come together, we, we create something different. It's not like this Beautiful. happening where we're intertwining and uh, And it's just uh, this deep level of communication, <laughs> which again, I believe is uh, a massive problem, especially in the youth of like people our age within relationships. It's like, communicate your wants, your needs, your triggers, your emotions. And that is going to really deepen and bring an amazing relationship within yourself. I'm with him, with your partner. Yeah. To explore this further with Barry, you're doing a masculine retreat on the 3rd of June? I'm doing, yeah, um, a men's gathering, men's, men's circle. Gathering. Masculine alchemy, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Lovely. And you, Men coming together. Your tag on Instagram is? Uh, Barry underscore Adamson. Lovely. Yeah. Barry, it's been emotional. Thank yes. you very much for thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I apologise we went on uh, when you asked me a question I might have went on a bit of a tangent. No, no, that, we that went... tends to happen and I go away from the question, I'm like shit. Did, I need that's... to ask the direct question. No, Barry, that's paper Tuesdays. We riff, <laughs> we go off, we love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. Thank You're you so gentleman. much. Thanks very much. Thank you, Legends. Cheers.